You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. So glad you joined us again. We have been walking through the Psalms for quite some time now, and we'll continue doing that, I would say, for longer than we've been doing it even thus far. Um, although I don't know exactly where we are on our <laughs> list, but still I can say that with pretty good confidence, and we are just walking through not taking every Psalm, but quite a few as we go through here and trying to kind of flesh them out a little bit, give you a little more sense of what is behind them and what the basic idea is, and then uh, letting you kind of sift through that on your own, find out where your place is in that. Maybe you're not in a lament mood right now. Maybe you're more in a praise mood, which that is a wonderful place to be. Um, but we all know the we're lament. We're going to hit some of all of them. Yeah, exactly. The lament moods come, and then sometimes the wisdom moods come. So we've we've been through some of that too. Yeah. So um, good stuff. We are in Psalm 52 today, um, and so this one has a what we'd call a long superscription, mm-hmm. kind of telling us about it, where it is, and, and when it was located. Um, and we'll kind of look a little bit more closely at that as we plumb mm-hmm. the depths. I think this here. has been really fun. I hope y'all are enjoying it. It's been a great opportunity to dig into mm-hmm. these psalms, and uh, if you're if you're just now listening, dig in with us. Yes, this absolutely. Really, Come uh, right in. Really helpful, I mm-hmm. think, as we go about our daily life. It oh man, it's so good and so good to see that God has filled His Word with stuff like this that feels immediately you know touches our heart. Really feel mm-hmm. a lot of Scripture we can all of Scripture at some point we can dig in and get a lot from personally. But it feels like sometimes you can barely step your foot in the Psalm and right. feel like it's you are so immersed applicable. in it. Hey, this is me. Yeah. Um, um, so so many of the Psalms are like that, and I think um, people are. I hope that you are enjoying this, like Gina said. And so um, we would love to hear back from you. If you have a chance, you can go to eatscripture.com, send us a note if you like, or tell us how we're doing, uh, whatever you might like. There's some other resources there, a couple of books that I've written, um, and then another book from a friend of ours in resources. Um, You can look through all of that stuff there, make contact with us. Yeah, that other one is a great resource for kids to really introduce them to Jesus throughout the scriptures, which is one of the... Mm -hmm tenants basic tenants of our ministry and you'll be home with your kids Um, this summer it would be great to go through those yeah kids boy it certainly would and it will provide an unbelievable foundation as they continue Mm -hmm. to walk with christ in the word throughout life um so having said that let's jump back to psalm 52 and we'll take a closer look at this as we walk through it slowly kind of dissect it a little bit, see what's in it. Um, And so hopefully we'll all enjoy this ride that we're on. Uh, Let's start by reading the whole thing, I think. Okay, we can do that. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor in you worker, uh, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear, and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. 
I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the godly. Hmm. Well, here we are starting this song that let's go back to the superscription now, that part mm-hmm. before verse one, and see what it is that this psalm is kind of yeah. supposedly it at least but hovering around yeah. as we're talking about this thing that you read, because boy, he had a lot to say about bad guys uh, mm-hmm. as we got started here. Yeah. So maybe there's something to do with that. Uh, you want to yeah. you want to go through that okay. real quick? And to, this is from the ESV, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. To the choir master, a mascal of David, when Doeg, the Edomite, came and told Saul, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if I don't know anything about yeah. that, I could be reading this psalm really with no clue, any kind of, you know, contextual setting, right. any kind of real history. If you have a chance, setting. you could pause this and go read First Samuel 21, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, 21. And 22. Mm-hmm. Okay. And get um, the background for the story that it's talking about here. Okay. About when David, this is when he went to, he was fleeing from Saul after Jonathan. Right. Saul and Jonathan definitely wanted to kill him. He was sure Saul wanted to kill him. Even Jonathan had to realize that his dad wanted to kill Jonathan tried to keep him realizing for a while. Mm-hmm. Now he had to realize that even dad definitely wanted to kill David. David's running for his life with a few loyal men who were at his side. Mm -hmm. And then what? And he goes to a place called Nob where there are Mm -hmm. priests there serving in the temple. Mm -hmm. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Set up at the time, right? No Uh, temple yet, but a tabernacle. tabernacle And uh, he kind of, he says that Saul Mm -hmm. sent him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's a lie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any around the anyway around the fact that they're yes. lying there. Um, and that he, they need bread mm-hmm. for sustenance, and makes a case for it. And the um, priest mm-hmm. says, "Yes, yes, you can have says, some." Okay, I got some. I got a little food here for you. Right. You it'll need, it'll have to be the showbread. Right yep. Which really we shouldn't eat, but only priests should eat it. I mean, the, as a matter of fact, the you know law is really clear about that. It's only to be eaten by the priests. But here, David's going to take it. He knows who David is, and he yeah. thinks this is a worthy person to. He yeah. he, he needs yeah. to do this. Yeah, David's even said, "I'm on a mission of Saul." Yes, and it needs to be done right away. Yes, and so that's why I have to leave so quickly. We need some food. Yeah. And do you have a sword or a um, yeah even spear? A sword, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Ahimelech, this priest, mm-hmm. says, well, yeah, the only one we have, the only thing we have is the sword of Goliath mm-hmm. that you, you know, he because of you. Got that in his spoils, so yeah, from the victory. I think you could take that. Yeah. If that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And so David and his men take it. Yep. And go and off. He seems really pleased with it. As <laughs> yes. I recall. Yes. And they go off and go immediately to Gad, which is the oddest thing ever to me because mm-hmm. that's where Goliath was from mm-hmm. uh, and goes to the king of Gad and realizes that they have, they are angry mm-hmm. and they know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so he starts acting crazy, mm-hmm. even like making scratches on the doors. And I mean, it's right. really funny it really takes to on read a about lunatic. Yes. 
Yeah. And um, so they say, well, he's crazy. We can see that. So just ignore him. Uh, the, basically, the king said, what in the world do you bring a crazy man into my presence for? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is this what I need? Like, I need more crazy people around me? Get rid of him. Exactly. Yeah, so. And so um, then we see that Saul gets word of this, that David has done this. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, because when they were at Ahimelech in the tabernacle, mm -hmm. one of Saul's men, his manager of cattle or something mm -hmm. like that, happened to be there at the same time, mm -hmm. saw what was happening and went back and told Saul. Well, he didn't tell Saul right away. Right. But Saul finds out he's upset because David's still running around yep. and so they haven't caught him. Yep. And so he says, does anybody know anything about mm -hmm. where David is? Mm -hmm. And what he's... And so Doeg is his name. Yep. And he comes up and kind of tattles yes. on David and <laughs> yeah. tells what happened. Yeah. And so he says, well, all of these priests who helped, this priest that helped him, needs to die and Ahimelech comes before him and kind of pleads his case mm -hmm. and he says well you're going to die anyway not only you but all your family and not only that but all the priests and not only that but everybody in the city of Nob mm -hmm. they just wiped out 85 priests all the people who live there all of Ahimelech's family except for one I think it was one son, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't remember what his name was. I don't have it written down right in front of me. Uh, Abiathar, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. It's who, who then goes and joins David's. That's right. He winds uh, up with David eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But that's what this story is about. It's about Doeg having sold him out. Okay. And all of these priests being murdered because of it. Yes. And this the priests all murdered because out. of that. That's right. Yeah. That's what it's about. So when he says, why do you boast of evil, oh mighty man? I think, our, our mind should go then to Doeg. Doeg. You're saying. Okay. I think. I think that would be right. Um, yes. I think you would be exactly right on that. That's how I would read that too. I did note that evil and mighty man, both those words, mm. first time, first mention they are ever made of either one of those words in scripture is our context in Genesis chapter yes. six, where there the the same time the world is filled with mighty man like this is the same time that the world is so evil that god is going to destroy it all oh that's good i and didn't even notice that so so uh for this uh, i think you could it would be fair to say that people who are raised on the scriptures uh genesis being right at the heart of it, mm -hmm. everything they understand when they read the first line of this, why do you boast of evil, oh mighty man, and hear those two words, their minds are going to be like, oh, that's bad, bad, bad. Yes. That things are headed for destruction with people like this around. Things are headed for destruction. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're right. And then he says the steadfast love, the hesed of God mm -hmm. endures yeah. all day. Yeah. In other words, whatever you do, right. God is still who he is. Yes. You can't change that. Yes. And uh, your tongue, and the, here we have uh, the boasting in the first verse, tongue in the second verse, lying in the third verse, and words in the fourth verse. Mm. So it's this, whatever's, it's uh, coming yeah, out of your mouth. Yeah, yes. Exactly. 
your tongue plots descri- uh, destruction mm-hmm. and um, lying more than speaking. You love lying more than speaking what mm-hmm. is right. Yeah. You love all words that devour mm-hmm. um, deceitful tongue. So uh, yeah. really a lot of about what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. The tongue is like a sharp razor, he says in verse two. And, you know, we can't help but read all this stuff about this tongue. And he mentions it again. He mentions the word tongue twice. Yes, he does. Again, in verse four. four. We can't read all these words about the tongue and the deceitful tongue right here. I don't think without thinking of James right away. We know our Bibles very well. Our minds are going to go to James. And so this is a perennial problem for people is to use their tongues to do evil on their own behalf right. for their own, to try and get their own way. Um, and so here we see it working its way out very ugly, destructively, uh, in, in like a razor, cutting things down, cutting people up. Uh, it, this is the kind of thing that people will do when left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. And, and our tongues, of course, have potential to do this same thing. Yes. We have to be, that's what James was saying. For goodness sake, put a bridle on your tongue, people. Oh my goodness. Yes. You can bridle a horse and you can't bridle a tongue though. It's so, come on, we got to do something about this thing that, that sets whole forests mm-hmm. on fire. Um, right. And that's our tongue. And so. And I think this is a good example of how that works because mm-hmm. Ahimelech didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. These other priests probably didn't even all know about it. Yeah. Certainly not his family mm-hmm. and all the people that lived in Nob, mm-hmm. but because of the words of Doeg. Yes. Yes. It caused their destruction. All their families are basically, basically all their families are going to get killed. I mean, right. Or I mean, part of their, you know, obviously all the heads of households, these priests, right. um, at yeah, least I think them, they were not all, their whole yes. families. Are going to get killed. I mean, 85 priests, that's a lot. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how it was a, it was a full community. There, but... Exactly. It's a community. <laughs> Can't imagine it wasn't a community of priests. This yeah, is what they did. I mean, they were, yeah, a, a large family that formed a community and they're just completely wiped out. So it's horrible, terrible thing what's happening here. And it has based on that tongue of Doeg going and telling Saul. Uh, because he wanted to, I mean, without because he wanted to look person, good, he wanted to look exactly that's none right. of the other have a piece of information. Uh, officers or soldiers or whoever mm-hmm. was going to raise a hand against these priests, right? Exactly. They all knew that was wrong, but Doeg, yes, said, I'll do it, and yes. he went and killed them all. So Doeg first gives the information about David. And then when Saul says, okay, let's go kill all those guys, we go, he goes there, he questions, then he says, we're going to wipe them out. His men, you're saying, wouldn't do it. And and so Doeg was the one who said. Yes. He stepped, and said, stepped up and said, I would, I'll do it. Yeah. So and he, however that is, whether he does everyone himself or whether he leads in the doing of it, um, either way, I mean, he's the one who it gets pinned on. And I think for good reason. And he... Um, he was just wanting to, I think, look good in front of Saul and hope mm-hmm. that his position would be secure. Well, and yeah. Mm-hmm. That he would get elevated, maybe, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I bet he did. I bet mm-hmm. there was some, uh, you know, political value to him in that, probably. Right. Um, but the, I think this, the tongue plot's destruction, I mean, directly 
goes to the our confidence that the steadfast love of God endures forever. Mm-hmm. Those are opposite. I mean, yes, opposites. Yeah, they should be definitely. That is opposites. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. And then when it says in verse three, you had already pointed it out. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking what's right. Right. You love lying more than speaking what's right. Right. Now. We've probably almost all of us been around somebody at some point that we thought, oh, my goodness, is there any, after you'd been around them <laughs> long enough, you thought, do they do anything to lie? Yeah. Is there you any know? truth right. in what they do say? Do I ever hear anything I can trust? And it becomes a thing where you can, you can feel like a person has really, they've decided that this is the way they're going to get through life mm-hmm. is by making things up mm-hmm. the best they can, even mm-hmm. on the fly. And it just becomes a way of yeah, it's almost like they live people. in an alternative yeah. uh, reality. It's yeah. not really real. They just make it up as they go. And yeah. Yeah. So whether or not Doeg is one of those, but just using verse three, like it says, mm-hmm. whether it's going over the top or not, the idea of, of trusting in your lies as much as necessary to get what you want is a very disturbing thought. Mm -hmm. And that's the one he's picture he's painting here. I think there's a Um, little question here, whether Doeg really lied. Sure. But he was certainly using his words for destruction. And so maybe there was some lie in there, but. um, Truly, maybe there was, but whether or not, just like you're saying, what's a, hmm. Yeah. The difference between a lie and using your tongue for destruction um, let's just, these are things that we have to be careful of. You know, it's one thing for me to not tell you if I have planned a surprise party for you and you ask, have you planned a surprise party for me on right. my birthday? Well, I'm going to tell you no, frankly, yeah. I'm going to say right here on recorded, <laughs> <laughs> you know, internet forever. I, I would gladly lie to you in that case to try to keep you from finding out what right. I was doing for because you. Because you're using um, your tongue for good and not for evil. That's right. Exactly. That's a different kind. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. a different kind of deal. And so David is the anointed one here. David is one. And yes, he told a story, a fib, a lie about what he was doing whenever he got that show bread from right. Ahimelech and took off. He, got, he told a a lie about it mm-hmm. Which, but god's hand is on david mm-hmm. and god's doing something through david that will that will bring about mm-hmm. his kingdom god wants mm-hmm. to use david has always used david god has denied that and god has taken his spirit away from saul right so um very much uh there's more to it than just uh, i'm going to be honest with you there's more to it than the words coming out of your mouth you right. know and, and it's there has to be a intent. heart there has to be an intent there mm-hmm. has to be a, you know those are important things of course we don't lie if we don't have, if it wasn't just an absolute uh, you know we can't we could parse all uh right. different circumstances all day long we're not we just want you that, to hear we're but, not condoning yeah. lying no but... <laughs> definitely not just i'm just saying <laughs> yeah there's a heart involved in right. all of this stuff Okay, so now now if we go to verse 5, I think it's interesting to note if we go to verse 5, and I like to put verse 1 through 5 together here. Okay. Um, 1 through 5, even though the ESV doesn't do that, I put 1 through 5 together because they are all spoken in the second person. Verse 6 and 7 are spoken up in the third person. That's true. And verse 8 and 9 are all first person. Okay. Um, so 
So here we're going to continue our, he is in verses one through five, he's actually speaking to or at addressing the evil people. Right. You, you, you. Right. You're listening. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living, which, I mean, that's some pretty violent destruction of the wicked. Yes. God is not going to hold back. Yeah. Man, wow. Um, so yeah, he winds up this you talk and this address mm-hmm. to the wicked person by bringing up verse five, which is just, yes, God is going to get you. Yes. And violently, violently, he will not allow you to keep doing this. He will uproot you from the land of the living. So he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. God will kill you if you persist in this. Which uh, actually uh, did happen. So. Mm, yeah. So kind of hard <laughs> to argue with yeah. Yeah, was uh, what was right there. Um, so very interesting that this, so this is how he winds up his talk directly to and at the evil person, yes. the person with the lying tongue. Then he goes into six and seven, and now he's going to talk just uh, in a third person sense about righteous people. Right. Um, and in verses uh, an evil person, how it is when you compare the two. So in verse six and seven, the righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. The evildoer. An evil person who's been destroyed Mm -hmm. saying, see the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. Right. It's, I mean, we can see the foolishness. That's what it's saying. This righteous person. There's it's complete tomfoolery. Mm Mm-hmm. To not put your, take refuge in God mm-hmm. and trust in his uh, safekeeping. Yes. But you, but the wicked are trusting in your own abundance of riches. Yes. Uh, whenever it says there, the thing, one of the things I got from that in verse four, or I'm sorry, verse four, verse seven, verse seven, the parallelism in but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. Mm. So trusted That's in the true. abundance and sought refuge. Those are parallels. His riches and his own destruction are actually parallels. Yes. So he trusted in his riches and by doing so, he was actually trusting in his own destruction. Wow. Um, that. That's not how we, <laughs> that's right. not generally, that we would definitely trust in our riches because we thought they were the best, safest, most uh, secure place for us to place mm-hmm. our trust. But it turns out, hey, those are your destruction. Oh my goodness. If you think you're going to, you think you, you think can that's going to be your yourself, refuge. Yeah. And find a way to protect yourself with your riches. It's never going to work. And I think that's implying that Doeg must have thought that he was going to. To acquire something yes, from this. Acquire this. something by doing this. And yeah. so you're trusting in that. You mm-hmm. want more. Mm-hmm. And that's going to lead to your destruction. Yes. Rather than making God your refuge when you know that David is actually the anointed mm-hmm. king yeah. and shouldn't be being chased down for his life. Right. Exactly. Um, he knew better. So yes. I think, you know, it's just, it's obvious. When we're looking at it from this point, mm-hmm. that that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. uh, you may not see that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And certainly 
if your heart is prone to go seek after your own advantages mm -hmm. anyway, it's going to be very hard for you to see mm -hmm. past that, you would think. Um, right when it, we didn't talk about verse six very much, but the righteous shall see in fear. They'll be in awe. It's like mm -hmm. this awe, that reverence, that it's fear. It's got definitely got fear of terror as right. part of the word. Also this awe, this awe of what you're seeing, what you're looking at, a terror and an awe. But then also it mentions, it goes on and shall laugh, shall yatsak, um, which think, comes from yeah. yitzak. Um, and so it is, or I'm sorry, yitzak. Yitzak, which is Isaac, comes from, uh, now I'm gonna, now that I've got that word in my head, I'm not getting the other, but I'm it's sorry. the root. It's this okay. root. It's the same, basically the same thing. Um, it's just not exactly Isaac like sometimes we see. But this one is from the same root, laughing slash mocking uh, at the one who has been destroyed, at the evil man who's being mm -hmm. destroyed. The righteous person will both be in a terrible awe of Watching what they this, see yeah. in the destruction. And yet at the same time, there'll be this type of mm, mocking laughter. I mean, that's the picture that's being painted mm -hmm. The righteous one, in other words, will be able to see the difference very clearly and and will feel um, confident in himself, but see the see the folly chosen by the one mm -hmm. who didn't follow God um, be obvious. So it's a it's a stark picture and it's one that leaves you, you know, a little shaken up when you try and make it go in your head just to yeah, you don't the want to think about between the righteous and the laughing evil and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's what's downfall. happening to one and what's happening to the other, but the picture of course is supposed to be jolting. And so it's And I think we go on that. with that in verse 8 because it says but I Yep. I guess yeah, David going to his first person. I I, I am like you were trying to really do evil to me. Mhm. Mm but I am like a green olive tree, yep. which an olive tree is the symbol of peace and prosperity. Yep. It is, um, you know, the opposite of up here in verse five, where it says he will uproot you. Mm -hmm. I am like a green olive tree. Yeah. Growing. <laughs> right. Producing fruit. Producing fruit. Exactly. Like a green olive tree producing fruit. That's nice, healthy olive tree. Yes. Yeah. In the house of God, I trust in the steadfast love of God, the Hesed, mm -hmm. forever and ever. Yes. And then I think this last part of this, that just goes on with, I think you're talking about the contrast there. Mm -hmm. It's just giving a huge contrast. Um, and then it goes on to say, I will thank you forever because you have done it. And then I think... It's a little confusing here. It says, I will wait for your name for it is good. I think that may be like a parenthetical at there. So that it's more like, I will thank you forever because you have done it in the presence of the godly. Yes. With that parenthesis in there, I will wait for your name for it is good. It's like he couldn't even finish the sentence without saying that. Uh, Do you okay. get that? It, is so so in the presence of the godly then is is modified. It's just life. I will thank you forever because you have done it in the presence of the godly. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I don't think they're waiting for his name. Right. Uh, like. Right. Yeah. So we get that 
like you're saying, almost parenthetical there, right toward the right. end. Uh, I'll wait for your name. It's so good. And then he, because that's where he's also going to be waiting for the name in the presence of right. Godly, sure. But he's going to be, you, what you've things. done, it's done among right. godly people. Right. Done among, I don't know. I may be reading into that. I saw that somewhere else too, and it made more sense to me when I read it that okay. way. Well, I can certainly see that. I think that that is perfectly good. I was thinking about that phrase a lot. I will wait for your name for it is good. And I just couldn't help but think, I mean, the, the name of God, there are yes, times in the Old Testament where the name takes on, it has a power all its own, a power and a personality almost all its own. Right. And so it takes on all of that. And so I'm going to wait for your name. Yes. Um, for it is good. And when your name comes, yes. great things happen. Wherever your awesome. name is, wherever Yahweh is, mm -hmm. good things happen. Um, so that's what I was thinking. So this psalm ends with this Thanksgiving and uh, it's taking place, I think, in a community mm -hmm. here. Uh, yeah. Our Thanksgiving should take place in, a, in the congregation. Among people we of God. Should, Thank him together. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of how this psalm ends. Yeah. I think, which I think is a great ending. We should all be able to come together and thank God, you know, when he has rescued us from the hands of those who were against us. And, and that's where we're going here. So certainly David, when he hears, or when he's been through this experience, can write something. Like I think this he's really, really we get a better righteously picture. angry that, I mean, I can't imagine if I thought that, what had happened yeah. had caused the death of all these people, mm -hmm. the slaughter of priests mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. and their families. Um, yeah. He's angry that yeah. Doeg would have let that happen. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to point out where David was. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to throw these priests under the bus and yeah. um, cause their death. Mm -hmm. Right. But we, you know, I think we can relate to that. Those things happen. Mm -hmm. The consequences of what we say and do are big. Very, very big. Yeah. Well, great psalm. I loved walking through it like this and keeping our mind on that uh, experience of David. So I hope y'all enjoyed that as you were listening. Um, we are really glad that you listened again. Like we said, feel free to send this to uh, send the link to somebody uh, you think might get something out of it or uh, point them toward our podcast. If you want to share it on social media, that's fantastic. Or just drop us a line. Um, and uh, you know, if you're listening on iTunes um, really, it never hurts to hit that button to say that you are enjoying the podcast. Um, okay. Just uh, like it for us and um, say a good word about us. It will really promote our podcast a lot. We yeah. thank you so much for doing that. I think just um, to end here, I just wanted to also say in verse one and in verse eight, it's talking about the Hesed mm -hmm. and it being the first part all day and then at the end forever and ever. Yeah. So I just want to leave yeah. us with that thought. I liked that too. His I Hesed that. and trusting in his steadfast love never ends it's never ending and yeah. that's what gives david uh, yeah. i think up some peace yeah thank you for pointing that out great little inclusio mm -hmm. um, there steadfast love of god never ends hey thank you again we hope y'all have a great few days and we're going to be talking to you really soon about psalm 53 so All take right. a look at we'll it and keep we'll, going. we'll join you next time thanks